You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. And the topic of our podcast today is Healing the Great Divide. There's something I feel a need to talk about today. I'm always very tapped in to the people that I work with and how they're feeling. I've held space for clients to talk about their fears around the coronavirus, the lockdowns, job loss, division amongst friends and family, and the U.S. elections. I've worked with clients from the U.K., Australia, Spain, and other areas where lockdowns felt very extreme. I've worked with clients in areas of the U.S. that were hit hardest with riots, restrictions, and loss of rights. I've worked with clients who experienced extreme racism and violence. I feel my experience with people who have been struggling across the globe gives me the insight and awareness to speak out about some real concerns that we're facing in the world today. Our pain, our heartbreak, and our fears are very real. They're real issues that can't be swept under the rug and ignored. And if you know my work, you know that I'm not a fan of sweeping our pain under the rug. When we're on a path of awakening, we begin to see things that perhaps the average person may not see. Because our eyes are open to deeper truths. We feel compelled to dig deeper, to understand the bigger picture. However, in our world today, the truth and lies are dancing so closely together that most people have no idea what is real and what isn't. As I record this podcast, we're in the middle of a very intense and divided election process in the United States. The polarization between political parties amped up during the 2016 election, and now so even more. And in the global pandemic and people's feelings about how it should be managed, it has created further division. There's a great divide happening on the planet, and that divide is affecting all of us. It's tearing families apart, communities, countries, and the entire globe. A lot of people are looking for understanding and guidance in how to deal with the divide that we are in the middle of or the fear and feelings that they're having about the state of the world and what might happen to us. There's a massive wave of fear moving across the planet, and it has to do with losing our freedom and our individual rights 
as well as fears of getting sick, getting the coronavirus, dying, all those kinds of fears. There are concerns that the pandemic has given government the license to take us over in a way that robs us of our human rights. So what do we do about all this? How do we handle the intense fears and emotions that we're having about what is happening in the world today? I've been going through my own process and guiding others through their process. I've had to face my own fears and concerns about what is happening in the world today. I've had to come to terms with the reality that we will likely never go back to normal, or at least the normal that we've come to know. I've come to the realization that there's a new normal emerging but we don't yet know what this will look like. We're in the transition phase and all that any of us can hope for is that the new normal will be greater than the old, not worse. I recently watched a panel discussion that was entitled hashtag love wins. I was curious about this hashtag, so when I researched it, I realized it was made popular in 2015 when the bans against gay marriage were overturned. But it is surfacing again now, this hashtag, as we find ourselves divided between two candidates who seem to be coming from two completely separate realities. Which reality will we usher in? As I found myself in a deep conversation with a friend about why each of us felt the way that we did about the potential candidates, I searched my soul and said, you know, it really isn't about the candidates. It's about the values that we hold dear and want to see in the world, the values of love, peace, freedom, and goodwill towards our fellow men and women. Regardless of which candidate was elected, our values and our hope for the world remain the same. We could argue about which candidate would bring about the conditions we wanted, or we could focus on the values we held dear. I believe that the majority of us want the same thing. We want love. We want our freedom. We want to be healthy. We want to be happy. We want peace. We want to have harmony with the people in our life. And we want to have harmony in our countries and across the globe. We give our power away when we point the finger outside of ourselves and tell ourselves that some aging white man who rose to the top of the political totem pole will bring us what it is that we want. We need to take back the responsibility from government and also realize that we, the people, really do have power if we know how to use it. We have the power to stand up and say, we want love to win. We can claim this from the rooftops. We can claim it for ourselves, to each other, and 
to the higher power, the God force, the divine force for good in the world. But as long as we fight against each other, we judge each other, we criticize each other, and think of the other as stupid, idiotic, misinformed, delusional, or whatever other term we cast upon our perceived enemies, we're not casting our vote for love. Mother Teresa said, I will never attend an anti-war rally. If you have a peace rally, invite me. Mother Teresa recognized that fighting against something has an entirely different energy than fighting for something. We're fighting for freedom, for our rights, for our safety, for our health, and for love to win. How can we usher in an age of love and peace when we war against our neighbors because they have a different belief than we do or different ways of looking at the world. We need to develop greater compassion and understanding, which will allow us at the very least to understand that we don't all look at life the same way. We live in an information age. There's more information coming at us than ever before. There's more new information posted each day on the internet than we could consume in a lifetime. We're bombarded by information, and much of this information is conflicting. We've become addicted to our phones, to the internet, and to social media. We're consistently plugged into different information sources, and the algorithms are busy at work putting more content in front of us that is in alignment with the content we've already been consuming. We are consumers in a way we've never been before. We're not just consuming stuff. We're consuming information. So if you think about it, each one of us is a product of the information that we have consumed. When it comes to political elections, the individual parties are busy at work putting information in front of us that shape our views. We're deeply influenced, even brainwashed, by the information we consume. It doesn't matter if it's true. The political arena isn't about truth. It's about influencing our vote and our opinion. If you haven't seen the documentary Social Dilemma, I would recommend that you watch it. It's available on Netflix. And it talks about the powerfully negative effect social media is having on us, especially our young people. The mainstream media is the worst when it comes to influencing the masses. We've put a lot of trust in the media to report the facts, but mainstream media is no longer about reporting facts without emotional involvement or political agendas. So our media is biased. Let's take a look at the ownership. Now, I went to Wikipedia and I read that mainstream media which is also 
known as MSM, is a term and abbreviation used to refer collectively to the various large mass news media that influence many people and both reflect and shape prevailing currents of thought. The term used to contrast with alternative media, which may contain content with more dissenting thought at variance with the prevailing views of mainstream sources. The term is often used for large news conglomerates, including newspapers and broadcast media that underwent successive mergers in many countries. The concentration of media ownership has raised concerns of homogenization of viewpoints presented to news consumers. Consequently, the term mainstream media has been widely used in conversation and the blogosphere, sometimes as oppositional, pejorative, or dismissive senses in discussion of the mass media and media bias. Okay, I went to Forbes magazine and I read billionaires own part or all of several of America's influential national newspapers, including the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, and the New York Times, in addition to magazines, local papers, and online publications. PBS tells us. The trend of media conglomeration has been steady. In 1983, 50 corporations controlled most of the American media, including magazines, books, music, news feeds, newspapers, movies, radio, and television. By 1992, that number had dropped by half. By the year 2000, Six corporations had ownership of most media, and today, five dominate the industry. Time Warner, Disney, Murdoch's News Corporation, Bertelsmann of Germany, and Viacom. With markets branching rapidly into international territories, these few companies are increasingly responsible for deciding what information is shared around the world. If you've ever heard the term follow the money, you will understand that money is the greatest influence on our planet. Of course, I don't need to tell you that. People are bought. Politicians are bought. Agendas are bought. And mainstream media is bought. It is extremely unfortunate that so many people in the world would do just about anything for money. And this is what is meant by money being the root of all evil. It isn't money itself that is the root of all evil. It is the worship of money and the willingness to sacrifice values, morals, and ethics in exchange for payment. I bring up several points that I feel very important to consider right now. Some of these points may push your buttons and bring up feelings and emotions for you that you just soon not look at. Because when we break through our old paradigm, 
our old ways of seeing things, we have to face the part of us that has resigned ourselves to what is familiar and what is comfortable, even if it is at the expense of a deeper truth. In order for us to move forward as a species and embrace the values of love, peace, freedom, and harmony, we need to all take a look at our media consumption and our media addictions. I will be the first to say I'm addicted. My internet service went down the other night and I found myself lost as to what to do with my time. I had things I wanted to research, and I had come to look at the internet as a source of entertainment at the end of a long day. I immediately recognized that I was dealing with withdrawal symptoms, and so I just sat quietly for a little while, and then I decided to grab a book and go back to the old-fashioned art of reading. Perhaps we look at the internet and social media as a way to feel connected with the rest of the world, but we've done this at the expense of nurturing ourselves and our friendships on deeper levels. We really are in a state of information wars right now, with so much information vying for our attention. If we don't begin to face our addictions and start unplugging from the online world, we may find ourselves sucked into a virtual reality where we stay home all the time and just plug in. If you've watched the movie The Matrix, it would be a similar concept. We've had a bigger taste of what this might look like during the lockdown, which led many people to believe this was a grand experiment. How would we all do if we just had to withdraw from the outside world, go inside, and plug into the internet, where we ordered everything we needed online, and we rarely went outside. We rarely actually socialized with other human beings in person. Let's face it, our attention is being hijacked. And there's not only a huge competition for our attention, but large corporations like Google, which also owns YouTube, are censoring information now more than ever. So freedom of speech is being compromised. We aren't being given the opportunity to choose our own information and decide for ourselves what rings true for us and what doesn't. On many levels, this is being decided for us. Although the internet is full of conspiracy theories, there's a lot of information being called a conspiracy theory because it isn't in alignment with the mainstream narrative. So everything being called a conspiracy theory is not really a conspiracy theory but it is alternative information that the mainstream cannot and will not report as it goes against the mainstream narrative and would put their jobs on the line. I've heard it said that we don't have many journalists anymore. We have reporters who report what they are told to report. They're handed the narrative and then deliver it to the public. True journalists are researchers and investigators. They look for the facts, and they take pride in 
reporting the truth, even if reporting the truth will cause them to lose favor with others and maybe even cost them their jobs. In today's world, many of us have already lost our freedom. We need to think about this. We're owned by the information sources that we've plugged into. We're owned by our addictions. We're owned by our pocketbooks. We're owned by our fears. And we're owned by our need and desire for attention and approval from others. Because this is a global issue, many are unaware that this is even an issue. When we all do it, it seems normal, right? Being addicted to a virtual reality may seem normal right now, but it's certainly not healthy. In order to get back to the love and return to the values that mean the most to us, we need to face our fears and our addictions. If you find yourself arguing with someone over political views, stop. What makes you think that your influence alone could reverse years of influence from the media that that person you are arguing with has been plugged into? Those channels that are feeding your friend or opponent or whoever it is you're arguing with the information that they're consuming, give them a sense of righteousness. People become very self-righteous. We can't reverse this in the other. We can only work on our own self-righteousness and reverse it in ourselves. This self-righteousness that we're dealing with on a global level is this global narcissism that I've been talking about. When we need to believe that we are right, even at the cost of our relationships, we have a problem. Because as long as we are steeped in our own self-righteousness, we can't exercise the qualities of compassion, empathy, and understanding toward our fellow man and woman. We divide against them believing that we are right and they are wrong. What if we could abandon this self-righteousness and instead try and build a bridge? The first part of building a bridge is to develop an understanding that making other people wrong is not helpful. The other person has a different view, a different opinion, and they have a right to their own views and opinions. Judging the other as being stupid, misinformed, or idiotic is not helpful. We have to be willing to work on our own judgments, and this includes our self-judgments. I may judge you as being an idiot to avoid my own fear of being wrong or misinformed. We also have to face our own fears, whatever they are. We may lash out at others because we are afraid. This is really common. I know in the current political environment, many people are afraid. They fear losing their freedom or being overtaken by government control. 
This is a very real fear, and I've heard people on both sides of the debate express the exact same fears. So perhaps understanding that we're all afraid and motivated by our fears will help us to offer more compassion and understanding to the other. Being plugged into many media outlets myself, I've heard many people talk about the us and them almost as if the them are our enemies. Our enemies are not our fellow Americans or our fellow global family members. We would be making a huge mistake to label half of our population as evil so we could support our own ideas of goodness. Yes, we are polarized, but the majority of us are good people who have the same fears and the same desires for freedom. So let's start building that bridge by practicing these steps that I'm going to talk to you about. The first one is respect. Respect your fellow man who has a different view than you do. Two is don't argue. If asked, you can present your viewpoint, but don't try and convince others who are not interested in being convinced. Three, don't judge. Pay attention to the judgments you have towards others and do your best to refrain from judgment. Give others the freedom to have different opinions and beliefs than you do. Four, don't defend yourself. If you're being judged by someone else or someone is picking a fight with you, don't feel that you need to defend your beliefs. You can simply bow out of the conversation and let them know you don't feel the same way that they do. Five, extend the olive branch. Let the people in your life who have different views and opinions know that you still value them and their friendship regardless of your differing points of view. Six, begin focusing on what you have in common rather than your differences. Start a discussion about what you really want to see happen in the world, leaving the political leaders and agendas out of the conversation. Look for the common ground. This is what will build a bridge. And seven, remember that love wins. Regardless of who gets into office or what agendas are playing out in the world, we need to remember that our greatest vote needs to be for love. Love is the greatest antidote against fear. At any given time, we're either coming from love or we're coming from fear. If you are fighting against something or someone, you're coming from fear. But if you align with the frequency of love, that fear can't control you. We're not controlled by our love, but we are controlled by our fear. When asked how the Nazis were successful in getting so many people to go along with their dark, sinister agenda, the answer was fear. They can control the masses through their fear. We need to stop and realize that we are also being controlled through our 
fear. If you look at what the media is doing now, it is putting fear in front of us at every opportunity. It's giving us all these things to be afraid of. When we can release the fear and align with love, we can no longer be controlled. My partner and I found ourselves polarized to different sides of the political debate like so many others. And as a result, we're arguing frequently. Neither of us wanted to argue, but our fears were taking control. We decided to go on a media fast and unplugged from our perspective news outlets and channels that were influencing us. Instead, we decided to focus on what we really wanted to see in the world. And our conversations began to change towards what we felt was really important. Having love, peace, and harmony was by far more important to us than getting hooked into the global fears and tensions of our current political environment. We agreed that if there was something that was really important for us to know, we'd find out. But we would both be going on a media fast. Our media fast turned out to be a great decision as we both felt more calm, less anxious, and stressed, and more connected and loving towards each other. If you're feeling tense, anxious, or stressed as a result of the information that you're consuming, I would recommend a media fast at least for a week to see if you notice a difference in how you feel. Going on a media fast also involves not having discussions with others about what they have consumed from the media. Simply unplug. Unplug from the media outlets that keep a constant stream of information coming into your reality and instead plug into your own heart, the divine light within, and your connections with others that you care about. I hope you found this podcast interesting and helpful. We don't know what's coming down the pike, but we do know if we can build a bridge instead of a wall, we can all come together for the greater good of humanity. And isn't this ultimately what we want? I know that I do. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to get more information on my work, you can visit my websites, NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Have a great day, and I'll see you in the next podcast. Music